Yes, sir. yes, sir. The man wanted to ride. What did he do? Swing down, sweet child. If you're feeling my vibe, then we can all just ride. If you want to get down, then we can all just ride. All my people, throw your hands up high and just ride. Where you're from, east side to west side, just ride. All my people from uptown to downtown. From Cali to NY, you know we all. Hey, Ryan, how you doing? Mm. Pretty good, Jason. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Bay Heights Pod. I haven't done the intro or the closure for a bunch of these now, but uh, we're just kind of getting back into the groove. So if you want to reach at us, uh, bayheightspod at gmail.com or at bayheightspod on Twitter and Instagram. I actually started using the handles a bit now to try and get more active. It's funny, but we need to do that. Um, but, uh, man, it's good. Um, the I was trying to think, like... Uh, Oh, and I, I would mention briefly to you how things started to open up a bit here. So like when I went to get a haircut, ended up in Japantown. And I also, I test drove a Tesla. So oh, um, just, uh, yeah, you know, it's the thing. And it was kind of interesting. So Centena Row is where there's one Tesla shop is. Ten Centena Row, I'm trying to think of an equivalent. It's like, it's a bit like, uh, it's not like downtown Oakville because it's completely different topographies and culture and everything, but it's this area with shops and um, like boutique restaurants and stores and stuff. Um, so anyway, it was, there was outdoor dining. So you'd see all these people out there drinking or eating. And it was my first time really doing anything except grocery shop for the past five months. Mm-hmm. So it was a bit of a trip. I'm like walking around. I felt like Tim Robbins and Shawshank when you're getting out of prison and you're just trying to figure <laughs> out. Like, and the thunderstorm's coming. Yeah. I, well, no, like, you know, when he gets into like the city, he's just trying to reintegrate with oh, how are people supposed to be in public and all this stuff. And it's just operating normally. And then you're thinking like, oh, has this been going on? And I didn't know, like, have people actually been doing stuff? So I don't know. Um, it's interesting how like everybody's trying to figure out how to what's the best way to go about their lives? Like, are they going to go back out to restaurants? Are they going to go out to play even sports? Cause some people I think are just, there's probably different tolerance levels of risk, right? Like some people don't even want to do that. Right. Some people don't want to be around other people at all. Some people do. So reopening, I guess is in general, just like it, it's going to take time. So yeah. Yeah, I agree. And thank you for dropping topography on everyone. Um, <laughs> when I was in Portugal, there was this um, kind of unintended consequence I I didn't think would happen, but I'm, I'm actually kind of glad it happened. You talk about risk assessment. Here I was, you know, you, you kind of, you know, you go to back to your motherland. You kind of have, you kind of have to make the obligatory uh, visits yep. and let some people know. It. But it was great because, you know, here we were like a week removed from, being from a different country and on an international airplane. So it was great to see that as much as we kind of didn't want to see people, cause we didn't want to put certain people at risk. Um, the, um, the inverse was also there as well, whereas they kind of didn't want to see us. So it was a lot of, so I actually did a couple of drive-bys where I'd go see family where I haven't seen in like, like 10, 15, 20 years. Um, okay. And it was just nice because, you know, you kind of don't want to go to everyone's house either and spend dinner there and make a long kind of okay. uh, deal about it. But it was just kind of like, oh, you know, um, you know, so-and-so hasn't been feeling it. It's like, it's okay. We're going to mask up. We're just going to drive by. We're just going to say a quick hi. You get to see the kids in the car and, you know, we'll be on our way type of thing. So there was a lot of that as well. It's just, it's, it's kind of, I think people are a little timid because people don't want to be perceived as like, Hey, I don't want to see you or I'm uneasy to see it, but it, it's great when everyone's kind of on the up and up together. So, um, luckily right. for me, that, that kind of happened when I went there. Um, I also have a Tesla story as well. My, um, okay. I was going to ask dad, you about Tesla. Tell me. Well, my, my, my dad's boss, former boss, he was very wealthy man, pretty much bought the first Tesla that was available in Canada. I mean, he was just okay. able to pay the ridiculous you know, licensing fee for it or whatever it was. So he got one like right away, like the first ever Tesla that came to Canada. And um, I was just shocked how quiet it was. And um, my dad and I, I went to go visit my dad and 
Um, I'm talking a little bit out of school here, but my dad's along with the company, but you know, him and his boss had an interesting relationship and he was just kind of telling me some bullshit that was going on at work. And I was just down the street, blah, 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 this and that. And next thing you know, he's like, Hey, how's it going guys? Like, what the heck? Like we did not like, I mean, to say, if you've never heard of Tesla up close before, um, picture like, Picture like the sound that your iPad makes, which is like nothing. That's pretty much what yeah. a Tesla sounds like. It's scary how quiet it is. <laughs> did, did you know that in Quebec, they want to pass a law that makes the Teslas have to make certain amount of sound when idle? <laughs> you know what? I'm actually, okay. I'm actually not hating on that, man. I'm actually not because I think cars... First of all, I have, a, I have a completely interesting philosophy when it comes to cars. I know people are like jacked up. It's like, oh, it's my ride, my car. No, for me, cars at the end of the day, it's a utility, and it should it should actually um, it should have to go through a lot of regulation. And yeah, I think if a province wants to be like you have to make a sound, I'm totally cool with that. I I'm I'm libertarian as it comes, but when it comes to cars. As long as they're still on the road and still as humans are driving them and they cause 30,000 deaths in the United States alone, then, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, you're, you, have to, you, have to, um, you have to abide by certain things. But it is a cool toy. It is a cool car. It is as impressive as everyone says they are. So, the, like, are they common there? Like, do you see them around? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Super okay. common. Yeah, super common. If you can, if you can afford them. Electric cars are just, I'm sure it is the way it is there. The only reason why electric cars aren't as popular here, and even in Portugal, I saw my fair share of electric cars, it's just, it's just, it just comes down to the charging stations. I mean, I was going to ask you. Okay. Yeah. If, 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 if there was a, okay. if there was a charging station every two miles or five kilometers in big cities, then you would just see an influx of them. Absolutely. Okay. So, like, I test drove it because, you know, um, uh, just goes around a shareholder a little bit, and and then like I, there was always a fascination with it. Like so, here I got uh, I forget how many friends. Both my different families are my aunts, uncles. They have Teslas, and then my one friend, he's a big Tesla fan, and um, he loves his Tesla. He's a big car guy, and I was curious to at least just see how it is, feel it, and I I could see why people really like it, and not necessarily for the driving. Like certainly for the driver, people who are really into this stuff, like the controls, the ease of use when you're in the car. For me, like I'm so locked in on the road, looking around at cars, looking in the mirrors, like I don't really know what I'm driving. Like I could be driving a Porsche, like I wouldn't know because I'm just, that's how I am when I'm at the wheel, right? I'm very locked in. So gotcha. I'm, not really in I'm not enjoying it in that sense. But what I would appreciate about it is the fact that you don't have to go through a dealer. You don't have to like the maintenance. It's super low. Uh Super low because you don't really get it. you don't get it serviced the way you do like a traditional car, right? You just download the updates and then going through a dealership to me like that's one of the daunting tasks. I'm not like really that savvy when it comes to cars, so having to deal with a dealer who knows more than me that's a bit uh, like okay, it's a hassle. Whereas mm -hmm. with Tesla, it's like buying an iPhone. You could just buy Apple Pay on the website. Yeah. Um, as far as charging stations, yeah, you see them around here everywhere. Like actually, my condo building has charging stations, and then. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you go to like Whole Foods, you go to like Target, whatever. Like my friend always goes to Target and he charges when he shops. And then, yeah. um, and he, it's, it's such that quite a few people, I think don't even actually put the chargers in the supercharger, whatever you call that, the, the outlet in their own home. Cause they can just use the, the charging elsewhere. And actually mm -hmm. all the office parks here, like, so my company, they have charging stations too, and it's free. So then people just charge at work. Some people who are not working at work sometimes drive to the office just to charge there. And then we'll just go and do some, go, go back home and work. I, I, I um, think you're, I think you're depicting what most outsiders think of California, right? Especially <laughs> the Bay area. Just, yeah. yeah, just, you know, whole foods, um, what do you call it? Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of these. I'm trying to think of these two guys that always are in Huntington Beach that always go to like city council meetings. To um, they're they're called they're called Stoke Lords. Um, okay, I, I forget what drink they always like want to promote. Um, Truly, no shit. Okay. They'll come back to me. Anyways, the the point is like, yeah, I think what you just described was the you know kind of the California life, and um, so my father's a mechanic. And okay. I guess I've been, I, I think I was always a bit of a disappointment to my father because I didn't end up in the, uh, in the auto sector. Okay. Right. In because, the okay. 
Yeah, because he had high aspirations. He, he, like, his dream job for me would have been for me to be like some chief engineer at Magna. And, okay. And um, okay. I felt I, I felt short of that by like 800 positions. <laughs> so, but but one thing, but one thing I did always pick up was kind of like the driving experience, and okay. you know, I, I have you know. I, being in Portugal and knowing a few people, I've, I've test driven some like high end cars and, you know, my dad's, you know, he has a racing background as a mechanic. Oh, okay. So he's kind of instilled in me, like, this is the way to drive. This is the way this car is meant to drive. This is the difference between a quarter mile car and, um, and a Le Mans style car. So, you know, he's kind of given me all that throughout the year. So when I was in Portugal, um, I actually got a manual transmission car because I haven't had one in so well because I really wanted to just kind of drive like I did. Like, you know, you've talked about Peak Jason. Well, Peak Ryan had his Volkswagen Golf and it was a stick shift and it was kind of the best years of my life type of thing. And um, to kind of relive that again and to kind of drive, um, I had a Renault and it was like the most European thing I could do, right? Manual transmission, car that had decent power to it. And I was just like booting it through these little streets and braking hard and accelerating. So I was very much in tune with my driving. You know, you said that it doesn't matter whether you're driving a Porsche or not. Well, in Europe, you kind of have to drive a certain way. It's kind of kill or be killed sometimes literally, which is, which is kind of sad because Portugal does have a high, um, automobile uh, fatality rate per capita um you okay. do have to kind of drive a certain way which is kind of on the aggressive side and it was just really cool though because you know here i was driving my family around so I, obviously i was cautious but i was also getting to drive a little bit of a way that i've always wanted to and <laughs> as, as as someone pushing put it this way as someone pushing 40 like i could get a gun which is what a lot of people do in their midlife price or you know for two weeks i just drove a <laughs> I just drove a manual transmission car, which, which also um, scratched a certain itch. Okay. Nice. Um, that's funny. Um, I was just thinking, you're talking about the noise, make a car that has to make noise. You know, the beauty of Tesla is like, they could just do with their software update. I'm sure they could just figure out a yeah. way to make noise with the car. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. Uh, I don't know. It could be a Corolla. could be a Tesla. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was a great experience. They're really good service. That, that's just that's, that's so. just hilarious. That like Corolla, Tesla. Yeah, it's just it's just A to B for me. Like you've like you've <laughs> disappointed you've disappointed a lot of car buffs out there. <laughs> oh, like how do I go from one to the other? Yeah, it's just like ah, I'm good. You know, it's 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 like if you get a company car and the boss has to go what you want. It's like you know, I'm really good with a Corolla or Tesla, whatever you want, man. Meanwhile, <laughs> like ninety percent of males our age are just like you know, chomping at the bits. Like, yeah, of course, give me a Tesla. Give me a something, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it would be the cheap one. Let's be clear. The the, the cheaper version one, like the mm-hmm. no frills one. But uh, sure. So, so man, I, um, you, you piqued my curiosity because, and I just started kind of going down, down a bit of a wormhole. It was kind of fun. It was, you put up, it was a, it was a meme of Dame Lillard, like, in a in a getup as if you were Stone Cold in a car, as a cartoon, Stone Cold Steve wasn't, Austin. Wasn't, wasn't the illustration amazing? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you're right. It was a good. It was a good depiction. Um, just Dame wearing the black. I don't know what you call it. The, the vest. The black vest. Uh, I think it's called a cut. Stoic. I think it's called cut. a cut. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like a, bi- like a so, biker cut. Yeah, like what Austin used to always wear to the ring. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of funny to me whenever wrestlers will wear a certain piece of clothing to the ring just to take it off. Like as a kid, I would always thought, "Well, that's interesting. Why do they do that?" Like I get other stuff, like. Why maybe they have rituals like Triple H has the water bottle and Gangrel had the blood. He'd spit in the air like that part. I'm like, okay, well that's your ritual. But like the idea of I'm going to put on clothes just to take them off, like that didn't make sense to me as a kid. But um, so I thought it'd be fun to to run through like who, which NBA players would be what wrestlers if they were mm-hmm. wrestlers, right? Because I challenged you on Dame. I didn't think Dame was Stone Cold. I thought Dame was Bret Hart. Because like Bret, Bret Hart, like Dane, both very accomplished. Some there are some nerds who will say, "Yeah, he's the best. He's the best because of whatever reasons they come up with." Like I'm sure some people probably will say Dane's the best because who do you know has those clutch series winners like that he had? Like two, I can't think of really. No, Kobe didn't have that. Jordan didn't have that. Um, so like those buzzer beater winners. 
Or, but I always looked at Dane like he's this under, kind of an underappreciated star, kind of like in a bit of a, a farther away time or place where Brett was like the champion of the WWF at a time when the WWF really wasn't on top. It was it was the it was the doldrum years where it had to go through that because of the steroid trial and Hulk Hogan leaving to WCW and so so Brett was kind of underappreciated. Yet anybody who ever worked played with like him was like, yeah, he's the man. And we see that with Dame. Um so like yeah what, what's your who do you like if you don't think Dame is like Brett, like who do you think Brett would be in in NBA? Or who else is on your mind? Oof. So um this is back up a bit when you hit me with sure. this. I, I, you know, I should have been a kid in a candy store, right? But this was actually really hard, um, harder than I thought. Okay. When Dame said, put some respect on my name, he was, you know, he's kind of channeling his, his Birdman on that uh, Breakfast Club segment. Um, you know, it's like, and, and the way that Dame was um, kind of mocked by Bev and uh, Paul George. It's funny because, you know, Bret Hart for years, and you could chalk that up to, to, to Dame being a competitor and being really intense and wanting to win. And what was uh, what was Bret Hart's biggest criticism? Was that he, he took the industry too seriously? <laughs> yeah. It still is his biggest criticism, yeah. It still is his biggest criticism. I mean, I, I like, so, you know, full disclosure, Bret Hart is my favorite professional wrestler. Um, yes, he's Canadian, but that had very little to do with it because there's also lots of other Canadian wrestlers I grew up with. Just Brett was my guy, and I took Brett's career almost as seriously as he did. I took yeah, Brett. Same. Yeah, I was because he made of, us believe. He made you believe. He, he he made us believe. I defended him. You know, it was always Brett versus Sean, Brett versus Austin, Brett versus Hogan. And it was like, I, I was constantly defending Brett. I actually have Brett as Michael Jordan. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Interesting. Tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Michael took the game too seriously as well, right? This is the same guy that, like, allegedly one guy scored, like, 28 points on him and then told him good game. Um, and then, and then, and then the, I forget the player's name, but, um, you know, David Aldridge spoke about it. And then, yep. um, and then the next game, Michael made sure that he had, you know, two points or zero points or something like that. Um, you know, that was kind of Brett's criticism was that, you know, a lot of what happened in 1997 in Montreal was that Brett and, and as a Brett sympathizer and as a Brett fan, I do admit that a lot of that was on him. Um, I don't. I don't put him as a hundred percent fault at what happened to it. Nor do I think that it was entirely on him. But you know, if Brett could have relaxed a bit, yeah, that that would have played into it. So to Brett's detriment, his biggest, his gift and his curse was taking the sport too seriously. And same with Michael. I mean, we talk about Michael being kind of the original um load management guy because he couldn't handle certain things about the game and the way the media covered it and the grind and whatnot that this guy had to take breaks from it because maybe it maybe he just couldn't chill out enough and the same criticism <laughs> could be applied to to Bret Hart they were both arguably the best that ever did it Bret more so in ring only i mean no one's going to say that Bret was this larger than life personality just kind of bell to bell type of thing yeah. Um, people are going to say that Michael is the best to ever do it because he was two way and he won six championships and he did a lot of things. Um, but I see a lot of Bret Hart in Michael Jordan and vice versa, just cause like a lot of times they were both no nonsense and they, you know, Michael just, I just want to play basketball and Bret Hart, you know, his biggest thing was like, yeah, we're going to do this attitude era thing, but just, just shut up and let me wrestle, man. Like, that's what I'm here <laughs> to do. Let me do my thing and, um, you know, leave me out of this other promotional machine that you're going to push. You know, it's interesting. You're making me think in different ways here. I mean, number one, like I would always just kind of say Jordan is Hulk Hogan because it's like the two guys so larger yeah. in life that just take their respective leagues, promotions, companies to I also say that. A, a, a new level of acceptance uh, across the board and every other other athlete or player in their respective promotions companies that come afterward pretty much owe like a little bit of gratitude 
to them. Hogan set up what wrestling is today, and Jordan set up the NBA what it is today, even though there were obviously guys before that, but they put it up on this global platform, which we know now. Mm. You, you're making me think whether Brett is almost more Allen Iverson than uh, Dane, because Allen had this cult following, this fan following that persists to this day. Okay, put aside the whatever about Allen in practice and whatever I've said. Like the fact is, whenever he showed up, he always put so much heart into it, and in -hmm. some way, like he cared about winning so much um, when he was playing. Almost to this detriment, where he may not have seen like everything he was supposed to see. Like, hey, maybe you should work with these other guys. The way the game should be played in certain ways, or whatever. Like he was just so caught up into it to his detriment, and then, and then like his fall from the league in a way. And in some ways that's a bit like what happened to Brett. You just sort of trigger that thought into me, like these elements. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah to your point, there's fair. no rights, wrongs. There's no once, once, but it's just yeah. drawing these comparisons. I love like comparisons like this. Cause uh, it just helps me uh, uh, analogize it's the exercise, the exercise of analogizing things helps like say, do things, whether it's at work or in general, like elsewhere. Yeah. Or activities you're doing. Um, like the, the the clear one, I mean, like Bill Simmons is going to take credit for because he took out the reader, but it was so obvious to me, and I think you said it. Where two of we both said it was like Kobe is Shawn Michaels and Tim Duncan is the Undertaker because um, mm-hmm. of like their runs. So we won't go there. Like Jimmy Butler is who I thought Stone Cold was because he's just this guy who like just did his own thing. He was talented, but kind of underappreciated to begin with in his career. Like I mean, he was just like this guy who ends up on a good team sort of gradually gets a chance to show himself the way Steve Austin did in WCW. But then, you know, the Bulls sort of like, yeah, we're going to go in a bit of a different direction, which is what WCW did. Yeah, we're going to go in a different direction. So then he ends up in ECW for a little bit of a coffee. And then uh, that's where Steve goes. And then Jimmy ends up in Minnesota. And then like, um, and then finally it took a bit of a bit of time between Minnesota and Philly. And now finally Jimmy has found his niche, which is like what Stone Cold did too in WWF. And it's just like we're potentially gonna see Jimmy Butler like win a ring potentially. Um, who knows by the time this gets aired. That that's like that's my only that's my only hiccup is that because okay, he hasn't I, achieved that level of greatness yet. Yeah, just yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah, but to but, me but I'm with you. I'm seeing this as like Jimmy Butler, as if it was Steve Austin. Um, just it was say before or I would say up until this run with Miami, I was thinking of of Jimmy Butler sort of being the before WrestleMania 13 match, and now he's had his rest. Now with the Heat through the regular season, he's had his match. Now people are on his side now, kind of the way Austin had that face turn, and now. People are getting on board with him, and he hasn't had his championship yet. I think yeah. that's where we're at. Yeah, that's kind I, of I'm a, right now. I'll also I'll also take it a step back where I'm thinking Jimmy's kind of like ECW Stone Cold Steve Austin, where he can't wrestle because he still has his torn tricep. Oh, Paul, and Paul Heyman yeah. brings him in. It's just like, bro, you're just gonna cut a promo of how great you are, and <laughs> and Jimmy kind of had you know Jimmy got a lot of Jimmy got a lot of like when when. When Toronto beat Philly, I feel like all of Philly got shat on. Simmons, Butler, Embiid, they they, yeah. they kind of all took a licking, man. And now I think they got a bit of a pass in the bubble because Simmons was out and you know it was it was uh oh, they, I don't they, think they got a pass, but keep well, going like okay, well well, they got a pass with me, type of thing. To me, okay, when the Ra- okay. when when the Raptors beat Philly, I'm like, oh my god, this team is really good because that was such an ugly series, and you know, um, that was their heart. That was their toughest series by far was that Philly series, and so when Jimmy kind of just left, or however he left, um, and you've mentioned it before, I guess he's wanted to go to LA a couple times in his career. Um, and if you remember famously, Steve Austin wanted to work a program with Hulk Hogan in, in WCW, right? Um, and that never happened. And, you know, Dusty Rhodes and Eric Bischoff kind of said no to that. So in a lot of ways, I think what's happening now is that I think if Jimmy Butler somehow wins a championship with Miami and he kind of gets to, and, and, and to be fair, 
I think if the Miami Heat win this NBA championship, they'll be one of the teams that we cover as a one and kind of a one-off team. I don't see them yeah. winning championships for a year yeah. to come, but That's but I, but but he will be in that Chauncey Billups, uh, Paul Pierce. Be very memorable. Be very memorable, and people will absolutely you know give him his due. As listen, man, for that one year, yeah, you 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 did what you said you were going to do. And I think that will totally put him in a Steve Austin category as like a, you know, kind of like a Frank Sinatra. I did a my way type of thing. Well, Steve Austin kind of did it his way as well. And then the fans came afterwards. And um, yeah, I can kind of see the ground swelling right now for, for Jimmy Butler. I think like he's, his Q score is very high right now. And I even think if he beats Boston, it makes it to the finals. I mean, that'll be Ooh, good for him. Yeah. That would be, um, that would be yeah. that would be Steve Austin enough for me. I mean, if you lose to the Clippers and if you lose to the Lakers in the main finals, that's fine, man. Because as we've seen, we've talked about Allen Iverson. Um, he just need he kind of just needs to make it to that NBA finals and right. just 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 to be um, just to sit at the big boy table, and that's that's kind of good enough for your legacy. Shaq, Big Show. Kevin Nash, like I'm thinking of just because of their size now. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, like, I don't, you know, I'm I'm whatever on Shaq. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll Shaq, tell you Shaq, why. Shaq, I, I I think Shaq's Andre. Oh no! Oh oh oh, Andre. Okay, let me let me put it to you this way. I think Bill Russell is Andre because both guys are these larger than life figures, both who propelled the league their sport to these heights like in an in a previous era they were almost like they could almost become mythical figures like in a future world where people know the names and hear the stories or maybe it's will chamberlain who is but one of those two big men and they were both very good at their craft right andre was considered the best in the world for decades and so was bill russell who still like i don't know who's going to win 11 championships granted i know different era different league whatever but shaq his big criticism that he was a bit lazy at times he didn't really put as much effort in but he was very pragmatic he's like look like i'm not i'm i'm like basketball's what i do i'm going to do okay at it like he just he like kobe's criticism of him was that shaq wasn't really as driven as kobe right and maybe well the thing is, is like if you're Kobe, maybe you don't have enough self-awareness to realize that nobody's as driven as you. So anyway, putting that aside, um, Co- like Shaq uh, sort of was like obviously relevant, good, succeeded. Kevin Nash, world champion in both promotions, relevant, um, on top of the card. But his criticism was that he was a bit lazy. He didn't really care enough about the craft. But he had a bigger-than-life personality that still persists to this day in the same way. So you still see these guys talking. So that's kind of the, the comparison I see between those two guys. Um, Big I, Show is kind of like Kevin Nash in pl- plenty of ways. It's just that uh, – because like when Big Show gives these shoot interviews, I'm like, well, he's a really intelligent guy. He just I don't know. We don't really hear much from him. Um, and he's – yeah, he's just sort of – I didn't realize, but he has a sitcom on Netflix if you've seen it. But – Anyway. No, I, I would I would never see it. Um, the thing about the thing about okay, so I'll the thing about Andre's mystique, and it came out during the um, and it was a Bill Simmons uh, produced uh, documentary, yeah. right? The HBO one, yeah, which is crazy. Um, so there's the tie in between wrestling and basketball, right there. Oh, quick, quick! You know that the producer Jason, whatever his name for mm-hmm. Andre, was also the one for the Last Dance. He did both of those. Right. Yes. I think. Anyway, right. keep yeah. going. Yeah. Sorry. No, keep mean, going about Andre. I know. I know you're right. Um, the thing about Andre was, is that we don't have the access to his career like we would now. Like, like every single. Well, that's run, yeah. That's that's, that's why the, I was. That's why drawing the and, and, and that's why you're connection correct. to Bill Russell. Yeah. Absolutely, and I'm and I'm and I'm with you on that. Okay. The thing about Shaq is, is that you know, he too is kind of this mythical figure in that, like, I mean, how many backboards did he shatter in his day? How many, like he was, and, and when I think of Shaq, like early Shaq, because I was this, uh, yeah, I was a uh, Orlando Magics fan. When I saw him in blue chips, the way they showed the scenes of him playing underground ball in this (laughs) dark gymnasium and and just dunking (laughs) on fools. It was just, it was really well shot. It really, really put him over. 
Um, he kind of ruined that by making shitty movies and shitty rap albums. But well, yeah, Kazam and yeah. Oh God, yeah. And but <laughs> I think I think I think for I think for today's generation, Shaq will come off as Andre, like Andre came off for us. And I know for them it's a lot easier, right? They can just they can just type in Shaq highlights and they're it's it's right there. Whereas for us, Andre highlights are are still scarce, right? There's just you know it's just a different time when Andre was wrestling, and um, you know people think that he was just this WWF guy, and he wasn't. He had a he, he had an entire career everywhere else except WWF. Um, so, but Shaq. You know he's 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 mythical in the sense that look, if Andre the Giant were wrestling today, um, he'd be out of a job. First of all, he wasn't <laughs> even he wasn't even seven foot four; he was six nine, and oh. yeah, that's uh, like yeah, he was he's six nine. Um, in fact, um, Vince hated when I believe I forgot what movie Andre was doing, but it was with Wilt Chamberlain. And okay. they were and they were side by side, and you could clearly tell there was like six inches difference between okay. the two. Um, which is why Vince never wanted Andre to do photos with anyone because okay, you know, yep. even if he, you even if height. you could see his height, and um, yeah, and that so Vince was very protective of the business as he should have been because here he is projecting Andre as a seven two seven seven four guy. And he was really six, six nine, six ten okay. at the most. I don't see Andre being able to be a top performer. I mean, if you look at Andre the Giant matches, like the WrestleMania three match with him and Hogan, I mean, it was, you know, it. The heat was there, but now it's wrestling has become a lot about internet fans, and unfortunately, <laughs> that that work rate would just not have cut it today. And I don't know. I mean, Shaquille O'Neal. I've talked about his game translating in 2010. We, you and I criticize why isn't Anthony Davis just like posting these donks up and just dunking on them? Well, maybe it's because um, he's not aware that he has a size advantage on these guys, or maybe the team defense is just in place where he kind of does have to face up these guys. Maybe he can't just go old school Shaquille O'Neal on these guys. So I think in a lot of ways, um, let me be clear. Shaq's game translates better in 2020 than Andre's wrestling does in 2020. I'll, I'll give you that. But there is also that a generation of a generation of how the game is played has also passed these two guys by one completely. Uh, the big man does not move like Andre the Giant does. But in a lot of ways, the big man does not move in a lot of ways that Shaquille O'Neal did as well. Who's the rock? Right, because we talked about we talked about LeBron being John Cena, and I kind of see that. Like they're both a bit overhyped, a bit overproduced. They're always being compared to like Jordan and and uh, Hogan or Austin, and never quite living up. Despite the fact that having a much longer run and more accomplishments in that time. So yeah, um, yeah, I have who's the Rock? I have the Rock and John Cena as LeBron James. Um, both for different reasons, right? LeBron is going to be as global and as famous. So the rock is, the rock is clearly more famous now out of wrestling than he was in wrestling. Um, even though it's, it's funny, right? Because wrestling is this world and he was the most famous in it. I mean, if you were a wrestling fan, when the rock was at its peak, um, there was just no way put it this way. I could understand if you didn't know who the rock was in 2000, but you could not have been a wrestling fan in 2000, not know who the rock is. Um, in two, in 2020, I mean, the rock is just famous for everything. I mean, he just got diagnosed with, with COVID. Um, he just bought the XFL. He's just famous for being famous. I mean, this guy can't, he makes good movies. He makes bad movies. Everyone knows who The Rock is. My parents, your parents know who he is. Um, so, there's no, and, so there's no and comparison, right? There's no comparison between him and LeBron James? Yeah, I guess there's... Or anyone. Anyway, I'm just trying to think who it would be. Yeah. Um, but then he's also got this weird 
So LeBron James is so famous outside of basketball, and even the haters will acknowledge that he's famous outside of basketball. But then inside the NBA bubble, no pun intended, just like inside um, the wrestling bubble, The Rock was never people's first choice. I mean, it was clear come WrestleMania 17 that hardcore fans made up their mind that they were cheering Steve Austin over The Rock. And The Rock was like, was never, The Rock was so over um, in the wrestling world I'm talking about. And, you know, Steve Austin had taken a year off because of his neck surgery, his neck fusion surgery. But wrestling had chosen their guy and their guy was Steve Austin. And it's like inside the NBA bubble, inside the basketball bubble, um, LeBron James is the most famous, but he's not everyone's favorite. Far from it. He, he gets all this heat. Um, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Like John Cena. Like John Cena. So John Cena's got this weird thing where um, kids love him. He does the highest ratings, yet at the live, um, with the live but audience. even a lot of mainstream fans do like him too. It's just that there's a, there's a loud contingent who are against. There's just one I just think it's, I think it's just a cool, I think LeBron James is also guilty of the John Cena syndrome, which is if you're at a live event, it's just the cool thing to do. Is to boo LeBron James like it is to yeah. boo John Cena, right? It's it's like it's like the thing to do. Yeah. Um, so just want to say something. Okay, Cena and LeBron. I just feel like the comparisons are just so uncanny, just all the way through the arc of their careers. The Rock, you touched on how he wasn't um, he wasn't like the pick at that time. I think it's because of Rock's career. When you would look at it, it really wasn't that long in wrestling. No. I mean, no. he came in ninety eight. He had his sorry, not ninety seven. He showed up. He was rocking the uh, SummerSlam. Sorry, that's ninety six. That's ninety six. And then ninety seven, he's already the Rock. Survivor Series nineteen ninety six was his debut. Yeah, Rocky Maivia. And then the year later, he's the Rock. He's uh, he's on the in the nation. The ninety eight is he wins the title in that tournament. So two yep. years later, and then by the year um, two thousand one, at this point. Um, I think the the invasion is starting to happen, isn't it? So then, yep. I'm He's trying to think them. when he when he ends up goes off to do the Miami. Is that a that's Brock Lesnar? That's 2001. So he does like three years in wrestling, three four years in wrestling. It really wasn't yeah. long enough for the fans to develop that same affinity for him. Like you know, just the way that long service wrestlers just get. And that's what Steve Austin had. You know, people knew mm-hmm. about even if they were only really becoming acquainted with him in WWF, the more they learned, like people were aware that he was this guy from WCW. Um, so that's different. And it's also just personality wise, because The Rock really relied a lot on spots and like written content and, and stuff to like get over as opposed to Austin who just show up. Um, so I, I just uh, I don't really have a comparison for him in in, in uh, the NBA. Like I just. It's just not jumping out. Now, there was something um, you triggered with some thoughts with Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. That's kind of an interesting duo there. Like, as I'm trying to think who who would be CM Punk first. Because, like, I'm trying to think of somebody who is a bit mercurial, who was a bit of a, a fan favorite, who just didn't quite last I, I mean, I, I, I yeah. got one. I got yeah. one. Um, and he literally shot himself in the foot. Was Gilbert Arenas? That guy oh. had. That guy had like. He had heat, man. He he was you know he was he was there was that one year where he was like I'm going to be better than Kobe Bryant because in my first three years I did this and he didn't. Um, Gilbert Arenas was legit until he okay. wasn't. Um, and to his own detriment, right? I mean, and he also okay. had a second chance, right? I mean, once all that smoke cleared, um, he did get a chance to play again, and he just wasn't the same player physically, or the game passed him by. But there was a while, like we've talked about Jeremy Lin in the past. Well, there was Gilbert Arenas sanity as well, <laughs> where where he had he had a run, man. He he had he had quite the run that just. Man, just it was Gilbert I, and LeBron, it, right? The rivalry then. Yeah, it would have been it would have been good for the NBA because this guy he had such confidence, and I I'll remember I'll never forget I forget what three point competition he was in that he ended up losing, but okay. he was like 
he was doing like he was shooting he had like he had like four out of five in one rack and he almost did like a rick flair strut to the other rack and <laughs> um anyways like i said he ended up losing the competition right he, he did not win the the three-point competition but it didn't matter because he was like yeah, I'm gonna lose this competition, but I'm I'm like the best player here, type of thing, right? That's that's kind of like what his body language said to me. So, um, I don't know if he's Daniel Bryan or CM Punk, but he was definitely a flash in the pan that was just like, oh, you idiot, you 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 had it for a second until you oh, didn't. I know who he is. I know who okay. uh, Arenas is. He's Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say I was gonna say Mr. Kennedy as well. Um, um, okay, I don't remember how Mr. Kennedy he got. How did he end up leaving? Because okay, here's the thing, so, yeah. Mr. Before you go there, okay. Mr. Kennedy was like good wrestler, and he was a, kind of this kind of guy who was on the rise. But Ahmed Johnson, when he came in, he was yeah. seen as potentially the number one guy. He was the number two yeah. guy at one point, and he had a comment on his back. Like he was tag teaming with like. Like oh, Shawn yeah. Michaels and the British Bulldog. Yep, main um, eventing, which is really weird. I always thought it was really weird how Shawn Michaels and the and the British Bulldog were going to be uh, on the team, and they were like faces together. When like there was that I thing think, between Shawn and Davy's wife, the storyline that's kind of weird, right? Like, how do you become you, partners after you, that? But anyway, you might be confusing. So Ahmed was in a tag with it was Ahmed, Shawn. And Sid against Vader, Owen, and Bulldog. Is that where you're confusing that rivalry with? Um. So I think you're right. Yeah, the Bulldog never was faced during that time. He was with Owen Hart that whole time. You're right. Yeah. 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 So uh, Sid came in and replaced the Warrior. That was yeah. It. Oh um, yeah. Everyone did. Um, good, good old Warrior. Actually, maybe uh, I was saying Gilbert was Ahmed Johnson because like these guys who you could almost see that could be the future of the league and they're having, they're just shooting up, but then like just gets really weird because Ahmed yeah. Johnson was doing some crazy stuff like injuring wrestlers and he just was becoming a oh, big yeah. problem in the locker room. Oh yeah. Um, the ultimate warrior and Ric Flair, you mentioned those guys. Um, mm -hmm. The ultimate warrior would have to be probably what's his name? Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, what? What? Why? Because didn't Kareem, if I remember right, just have a very strange personality that just made him really unlikable in the league? Isn't that isn't that right? I don't know, man. I've never heard. Wow, this is news to me. I've never heard a bad thing about Kareem. Uh, yeah. So, like, when he was playing, like, okay. and maybe there's a bit of bias, right? Because you know, you're talking about a guy who's who was protesting for social justice, yeah, like and, well, and, like that time. But was not really good with interviews, not really like interesting playing, doing that stuff that same like magic was later gonna do, or Bill Russell was even doing, you know what I mean? Like that and so that's why when he wanted to be in front offices and coaching, like, it was always a bit tough to you know, huh. like he was a bit aloof and so okay. as, a, as a player. So But he never he never, he never went ultimate warrior where he was doing these yeah. um these campus speeches about uh, queering. Okay. If you recall. Yeah, you're right. Do, do you know um, this? Do you, yeah, but do you know this? I remember that. Yeah. Oh yeah. He he's he's had some views. So then. Oh yeah. Maybe maybe the warrior is um, Hito Turkoglu. Then I don't know. <laughs> Forget it. I'm just pulling stuff out. Hito Turkoglu's yeah. kind of gone heel, full heel at this point. As Hito, really? Hito Turkoglu. Well, because he's um, working for the Turkish government, right? For oh. and then him and uh, what's his name. Um, and his cancer having beef, like beefing on each other. Hito Trickle is straight up like done interviews where he's said, you know, this guy's a terror. He's supporting a terrorist, blah, 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 blah. I mean, you know, Hito's got a, I don't know enough about the politics of the countries, but these are the yeah. angles that are presented by the two guys. And so Hito Turkle is in, in some views could be seen as like a Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> so he like turns his back on the, on like everybody and he's signing up with the uh, other side. I have to, um, I have to reach out to a friend of the show, Steve from Bowmanville, because I know he's a proud Turkish national. I'll okay. ask him about it. Adam Silver or uh, David oh, Stern? Oh, yes. Like, yes. David Stern yep. straight Mr. McMahon, right? I, that's what I got, man. I got David Stern as Vince McMahon as just kind of the buck stops with me. Um, Vince McMahon is going to be like, yeah, um, I'm going to run wrestling for like five decades. There's going to be no <laughs> There's going to be no unions. Um, <laughs> I own all your likeness. 
And I don't know if you know recently, but Vince McMahon is putting an end to uh, third-party apps. So a lot of these wrestlers now, you know, they'll do their own kind of um, – oh, what's it called when you, like, advertise shit on Instagram yeah. and stuff? Heard you know, this, uh, yes. they they, yeah, they, they Freelance they Moonlight or whatever. They can't Moonlight. They can't freelance on TikTok or Cameo or Cameo or however it's pronounced. Um yeah, Vince is just once again just he's just creating his own. He is the Steve Jobs, the Apple, <laughs> this closed network. And um, David Stern is like, oh, there's uh, there's been a fight in um, in Detroit. Yeah, we're gonna implement a dress code. Um, you guys, <laughs> even though you guys have collective bargaining, um, I'm gonna implement a dress code, and there's nothing you can do about it. I remember famously Alan Iverson's like. Do you remember what Alan Iverson's uh, comment was to the uh, no, no, code? tell me. It was who's going to pay for our new clothes. Oh no, that was Marcus Camby. Marcus no, Camby it was, was Alan Iverson. Event. No, okay, if if Marcus Camby said it, Alan Iverson said it. Too. Oh, he said I, it first. I, I, okay. Oh, hundred okay. percent. It was like <laughs> Alan Iverson, like seventeen mil a year. Alan Iverson was saying, "Who's going to pay for my um my <laughs> uniform?" Because you know what? It, it's funny because we 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 kind of make fun of Alan Iverson for saying that, but. It's kind of true, like, you know, this is something that probably should be collectively bargained. Um, and um, as far as David Stern also being compared to Vince McMahon, I mean, the obvious goes without saying that, no, David Stern never had a kiss my ass club or <laughs> never took a bedpan to the face or anything like that. He would never be uh, subjected to that. Um, but I but think you can McMahon- also believe him. Like you cannot entirely envision him forcing someone to kiss his ass. Like you just kind of it's, like just. Like, you it's can kind it's of like see that. like 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 if you believe the legend of David Stern, this guy who was this kind of <laughs> like um, I was going to say Branch Davidian. I was going to uh, Freemason. This kind of like this guy that controlled the NBA. And, you know, oh, you want to, you want to, you want a Kobe LeBron final, do you? Well, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you San Antonio Spurs and Detroit Pistons instead. Um, yeah, you and and to be honest, it's like you you think of Vince McMahon of doing the same thing. It's like, why wouldn't you put, um, you know, how many years have we said that this should be the main event of WrestleMania? Why are you pushing this guy? Right? It almost, well, it, it almost <laughs> seems that it almost seems that Vince has also gone against his own interests as well. And let's just assume for a second that David Stern does have complete control over the outcomes. Um, it's still kind of hilarious that you could also picture David Stern having, you know, he's he's kind of said some quirky things over the years where. <laughs> You almost, you almost, you almost wonder if you were alive today. It's like, hey, in a perfect world, would you have wanted a Kobe Lebron Finals? He, he might argue against it that, like, for the health of the NBA, it's almost, it's almost good that we never had it, type of thing. He's, he's. he's do you remember that? Do you remember that famous quote from him though? It was being asked in an interview, and and he just said something. His preferred finals would be the Lakers versus the Lakers. <laughs> so yeah. Then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I know, but like, what the storyline of like how he would try to engineer a Kobe Lebron finals, but then somehow like I don't know how like the the Magic end up beating the yeah. Heat that year. It's entirely the Steve Austin McMister versus Mister McMahon storyline, where Mister McMahon is trying to engineer all these results and all these matchups, but Steve Austin keeps you know overcoming it. Like it just his plan, Mr. McMahon's plans keep getting foiled for one reason or another, whether it's Austin or someone else, like mankind. Um, Who's Carmelo Anthony? Oh, Carmelo Anthony. So if we're picturing Carmelo Anthony as like a guy who didn't quite make it, but um, you know what? I got Melo as Randy Orton. Just kind of. But Randy Orton was on top, though. Like he he won the championships. Um, Okay. Yeah, but okay. More than once. Okay, but Carm- Randy Orton was on top because the promotion put him on top. When was what? What? When was Randy Orton? Na- name the year that Randy Orton was the best wrestler. And I could tell you the same thing of when Carmelo Anthony was the best basketball player. They're both never. I can have now. I I'm a big Randy Orton fan. I know the internet kind of shits on him. Um but I can't tell you a single year that he was the best wrestler a in the promotion and B in the world. And I can say the okay. same thing with LeBron, but, but, but they were both top five. 
Honestly, well, think of it this way, though. It's like Randy Orton's lived up to his potential and fulfilled every kind of destiny that was laid before him. Carmelo's Debate, never debatable. done that. Um, well, yeah, right. he's made it. Well, hold on. Randy Orton main evented multiple WrestleManias over a couple decades. He was the youngest WWF champion ever. He was also a, he became a champion again later on, multiple time champion. So, like, if you want to say, well, he's not on the Mount Rushmore. Okay, I mean, there's only four faces that can go on Mount Rushmore, but he became what the company wanted him to become, which was a guy that could headline pay per views, a guy that could hold the title on more than one occasion, which he did, and then later a guy who could groom the next crop of talent, which he's kind of done. Whereas Carmelo Anthony, since he joined, like he started off with, okay, there's a little bit of promise, but he's got some things to work out and he never quite did. And there was the melodrama, then the Knicks stuff. And he, he's just never lived up to potential. And it's always just been a big disappointment. Whereas I don't think people look at Randy Orton's career as saying, well, it's a disappointment, you know? I don't know, man. I read a lot of message boards and, you know, there's a lot of, Okay, put it this way. I don't follow the, the smart sheets anymore, right? I just don't. I think that those guys don't really know anything about wrestling, even though they pay attention to it all the time. Like, yeah. The polarization of Randy Orton is fair, and it's very comparable to Carmelo Anthony's in that, look, these guys were given, um, they were given tenure. They were given good opportunities, good spots. Um they were like Carmelo being in New York, like what the hell more could you ask for type of thing? And Randy Orton kind of being pushed year after year after year. Like, you know, you know, he kind of like, Oh, edge is not champion. John Cena is not champion. Well, Randy Orton's going to be champion now. And it just never quite, you know, he was never quite able to kind of, you know, ascend to that next level. Um, which also isn't fair because no one ever did ascend to that next level. I mean, John Cena was the closest one um, post rock and post Steve Austin. So I put it this way, you know, where they're, you know, where they're joined at the hip, they kind of both have impossible standards to live up to. I mean, LeBron James was drafted in the same year as Carmelo Anthony. You're already behind the eight ball. And, <laughs> and, you know, look at the draft class that, um, that uh, Randy Orton came out of the famous one, Shelton Benjamin, Brock Lesnar, Dave Batista, John Cena. And you're coming into a wrestling landscape where there's no WCW. It's just you guys. Um, it's, it's tough, man. And yeah, that's all I'll say is they both had really hard situations to, okay. um, to kind of excel. And the fact that they did have the success that they did, um, they're both hall of famers. And yeah, that's interesting. That's, yeah, that's an interesting take. Yeah, um, okay. I think you're making a case. Uh, it's, it feels like one of those things where when I hang up, I'll probably have been like, "Oh yeah, that's that's who could be Randy Orton. That's who could be hmm. Carmelo Anthony." Who? Because there's like a few different announcers. Who is Jim Ross? <laughs> Which of these <laughs> announcers is Jim Ross? And then we can close it up. Oh, it's got to be Marv Albert, man. I mean, it's oh, interesting. You're going like, Marv Albert, okay? Well, just because I'm going Mike Breen. Okay. Well, Mike Breen today. I mean, the fact is that Jim Ross was kind of Marv Albert was coming to the end of his run when Jim Ross was getting hot. Um, okay. I don't even know when NBC stopped covering major basketball. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was about that just around the tail end of Jordan, like 99. Yeah. Something like that. Like, Cause I think the, the first Pacers Lakers final, I think that was still NBC. Yeah, and then um, you know ESPN and TNT were kind of the uh, they were the there for LeBron, threat. I believe, right? I think so. Yeah, they were they were the dual threat going forward, and still to this day. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm good okay. with Mike Breen. I'm good with Mike Breen or, or, or Marv Albert. Just kind of the the voice. You know, every generation's going to have their voice of basketball, voice, fair and yeah, and Jim Ross was the voice of wrestling for a lot of people. Um, I think you and I are debating whether or not it's Vince McMahon or Jim Ross because you know they kind of were you know they were they were there for our childhood type of thing and even yeah. gorilla, gorilla Monsoon as well so that's that's a tough one for you and me but for a lot of basketball fans it's like yeah if you grew up in the 90s it's definitely Marv Albert and if that's you're fair. 
Yeah. What Mike Breen, Mark Jackson, and Jeff Van Gundy remind me of, they remind me of the of the of the booth when it was Vince, Piper, and Macho Man when those three used oh, wow. to do the commentary. I, I thought- I thought you were gonna go like uh, Tony Schiavone, Dusty, Mongo, oh. Mike, Mike Tanay when they just had like eight guys in the WCW, <laughs> and it was actually I kind of I kind of dug that about WCW. They would change their commentary crew like an hour into Nitro. Um, <laughs> that's right. I actually, um, yeah, um, that's pretty cool. Um, I have some quick hitters if you just want me to go through them. Sure, um, sure, sure. Man. I got. Um, I have Chris Benoit's Chris Paul, and um, don't cast right, don't um, don't kill me for that because we obviously know how the Chris Chris Benoit story oh, yeah, ends. Okay. But just both super serious. I mean, I heard stories about how Chris Paul like can't even lose in like bowling, um, <laughs> and famously okay. and famously like Chris Benoit um, botched a spot in Japan, and he punished himself backstage by doing like. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Like a bunch Squat of a bunch a bunch of Hindu squats, yeah, just to kind of punish himself. I got um, I got Mick Foley, Mankind, and Kyle Lowry, just kind of. Oh okay, um, I like that. Yeah, yeah they're very good. that's a very good one. They both kind of compensate for their Late shortcomings. Rumors, big butt. Like, yeah, wouldn't expect them to be the man, Matt, and then somehow achieved their Matt just. Just can't 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 stress their massive asses enough. Um, we've mentioned Undertaker and Tim Duncan. Um, I got Jim Cornette and Jeff Van Gundy. Just like two, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Two, yeah. two, two dated but relevant guys who like you're like get off the air, you old man. But like, man, I kind of like your attitude. Sometimes like. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, if, if, if you have, if you watch every single NBA game because it's a, your job or you're just like a fan of it, I can see you getting tired of Jeff Van Gundy real quick. But for me, I'm kind of listening to Jeff Van Gundy like twice a month. So I, I don't mind it. And, you know, Jim Cornette, I've pretty much been a fan of his. He was kind of the original shoot interview guy ever since. Uh, and, you know, Jim Cornette is very hard to follow up because he just has such a, disdain for modern pro wrestling and he still feels like in 1985 that him and the midnight express were you know the greatest like what they did in professional wrestling was the greatest shit ever um but i still dig it i got eric bischoff as larry brown oh uh, eric, <laughs> okay well, eric, i think of that eric eric bischoff forms monday night nitro and is like like and the nwo and you're like holy shit it's tough to like knock you for that but that doesn't mean you get like 30 years to like fuck up everything else that, that's kind of what Larry Brown <laughs> did Larry yeah, Brown had to, like yes Larry Brown did eventually win a championship and that bought him some more time as you know in terms of relevancy but man we just we just we almost want Larry Brown to like give back his championship right we almost don't <laughs> credit we when we're when we're assigning uh, praise to that championship Pistons team he never gets talked about it's Rashid Wallace. It's Ben Wallace. Sorry. Yeah, I got it right. Yeah, Ben Ben Wallace, yeah. Rashid Wallace, uh, Tayshawn, Rip, uh, Chauncey. And it's like Larry Brown's like a distant like eighth, right? <laughs> um I don't I don't have a good one for Paul Heyman. Maybe you do. I know, I was wondering that too, Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. I was wondering if you know what? Besides Paul, Paul Heyman. Um, okay, you you might disagree with this, but Paul Heyman's the guy like 10 lives in wrestling and Mike D'Antoni is about to go to another, like you just know, oh, Mike yeah. Dan, you just, you just know Mike D'Antoni is going to get another boutique coaching job that he has not earned. <laughs> and Paul Heyman, just like, I mean, Paul Heyman's back on TV for those that don't know. And he's with Roman Reigns and people have wanted Roman Reigns to turn heel for years. And, uh, he finally is, and Paul Heyman's like right there again. Like they just like he's fifty-seven years old or something like that. And this guy just <laughs> just doesn't die. Um, I got um, I got Ric Flair as Dennis okay. Rodman. Oh, okay, yes. Um, it's the only gap there is because Ric Flair is considered some by some of the greatest ever um, to just perform. 
Dennis, all-time great, but just wouldn't be on a Mount Rushmore. He's almost like the best specialist ever. But but um, but I see what you're saying, though, because I was trying to think yeah. of who would Flair be, like that Flair outside the – having, no pun intended, the Flair outside of the sport. It was really Dennis Rodman. There hasn't been anyone since, yeah. really. Yeah. I have um, – and I also have uh, – we mentioned Shawn Michaels, Kobe Bryant. Um, I have Kevin Durant as uh, as Brock Lesnar. And the reason why I have so Brock Lesnar is currently a free agent, and what what Brock for those of you who don't know, what Brock Lesnar does every time his WWE contract is up is he'll he'll call Dana White, he'll call Scott Coker, um, of Bellator, and he'll basically saying like, "What will you give me for one fight?" And he will take a number, and then he'll go back to Vince and be <laughs> like, "And he's just." You know, Brock Lesnar is probably the greatest. He he might even be better than Hogan in terms of negotiating wrestling deals in terms of uh, money he's getting and limited dates. And I feel like Kevin Durant kind of did the same thing when he left um, OKC. He kind of like yeah. he kind of didn't give oh, a shit. What pe- he kind of didn't give yeah. a shit what people said about him, and he kind of did the same thing again. And leaving Warriors, you know, no one really considered him a, so, uh, a tried and true I, warrior. And he did the same thing and he went to Brooklyn and, again, does not give a shit. When, he, when he's leaving OKC, what happened was he's, he's taking the free agent meetings in the Hamptons. So he's making everybody go to the Hamptons, right? Because that's where Rich Kleiman said, oh, let's be cool to be there. So it's easy for Boston because they're kind of just there. They show up. The thing is, there's not like just these big box hotels everywhere. So, like... The, uh, Clay Bennett, the owner of the Thunder, and like he brings Sam Presti, like the Thunder contingent, they're like sharing rooms in some cheap motel because that's all they could find that had availability because a lot of people were up there at that time there in the summer. And so that's the, like he's making all these teams like go through their dance. He's making the Celtics walk through how they think that they can be used. Like, yeah, we, you got Jay Crowder and all these guys saying, oh, we can take the Warriors and this is how. He's just like making them do their dance. Then you're right. Like when he's with the, with the Warriors, He's for the whole time he's there. He's just doing those kind of short-term contracts, make, keeping them on their on their toes, like you know, making them dance around him. And then, like, he ultimately goes to Brooklyn, and you know, they're just even when he's not even playing, he's sort of having his his weight on the organization. Like, okay, you got to get rid of uh, Kenny Atkinson, you got to bring in my boy Steve Nash. Like, so yeah, no, that's a great comparison. And the two guys, like. Lesnar and um, Durant, you know, like overall, really highly regarded, going to be viewed as among the best ever for different things that they've done. But also like just a little bit mercurial, a little bit temperamental, like just mm-hmm. a little bit standoffish. They're just maybe two guys are kind of misunderstood by their fan bases. Absolutely. You, that, that was the word, misunderstood. The last one, which I couldn't help, yeah. was um, I got the Miz. Um, you okay. know, Mike, Mike Mizanin. Yep. As Drake, Aubrey Graham, uh, good old Drake. And I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Because they're both, they both just so bad. Want to be accepted by the boys, and just they want Jason. They really want. They really want you to be <laughs> fans of them. They would. Um, I heard that the reason why the Miz was pushed in a lot of ways that other people weren't like, like a CM Punk, right? If you're, cause they were kind of like getting big at the same time. So the reason why a lot of the reason why CM Punk was passed over and the Miz was because they would tell CM Punk, it's like, can you be at local KBLR in Missouri um, for, for, for a TV spot at 5 AM for makeup and they're going to do you and they're going to interview at 7 AM and CM Punk would be like, no, go fuck yourself. Right. And there's no way I'm going to do that. And you know, the Miz would be like, yep, I'm there. I'm there. Anything for you, boss, anything, anything for the WWE machine. And I feel like Drake is the equivalent where (laughs) he's this prepackaged entertainer. That's, always there for the photo op he's he's kind of just, <laughs> he's 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 always there to make that hit song that you know it's not that great of a song but it's good enough they just they both have this don't get me wrong they both have incredible work ethic they just they're a little try hard you know they're, yeah. they're definitely they're, they're, def, they're definitely that that try hard guy and um you know i 
I'm sure they have, I know they have fans and I'm not getting, uh, they, they definitely have loyal fans, but um, they work harder to get their fans than someone else who just like, I don't care about the fans. Like if they, they if they like me, they like me type of thing. Not these guys. I feel like they take it a little more personally and they will really try that extra mile to, um, to get like 10,000, you know, Instagram followers then say like, you know, like Charles Barkley, for example. Yeah. That's a great, you, you, this is a great comparison because they're like, yes, they're part of the, the sports that they're in, but they're also, they're these other dimensions to who they were before they got involved with wrestling and basketball respectively. And they're kind of, yes, they, and he, I mean, Drake got a ring and Miz, the Miz was a champion. So it's like, they've achieved the pinnacle of what you can do in that league. When you think about how many guys don't have rings um, in their respective sports. Um, it's just it's a and it was a strange pivot that these two guys made. The one guy's a reality TV star. The other guy was this actor musician who somehow gets involved in sports, but, and the other guy gets involved in wrestling. It's just it was it was interesting like that to see that uh, the crossover for those two guys. I like that comparison. I, I think that's good. So anyway, man, this is great. This is great. Okay, so bayhightspot at gmail.com. If you guys got any wrestler analogies or who you think would anything um, any of any of the comparisons we'd love to hear it at Bay, at Bay Heads pod on twitter and instagram as well catch you guys next time